Yeah. Silver Chains of Dookie. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Another country western songs. Yeah. A kid <laughs> pooping out uh, tinsel. Oh, good times. Yeah. I. Uh, it's funny. I actually horrified Andy when I told him the story of one of my mom's cats had eaten some tinsel. And this was a weird tinsel my parents bought because it was actually a little heavy. It was metal. A little stronger. It's probably lead. And uh, <laughs> the, the cat ate it. And and the cat went to the bathroom and at one point walking across the floor and I see this tinsel dragging behind it and I'm like what in the hell so I stepped on the end of the tinsel <laughs> and the cat's walking and suddenly Whoa. the cat's like you just <laughs> anal beat your cat and, 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 and <laughs> he anal beated the cat the cat like takes off running and is like whoop and she's <laughs> so you kept your foot on it while yes. it ran yeah oh, <laughs> you anal beated the cat that's hilarious the cat was just like Whoa, what what the hell did, did it start up <laughs> what Maybe. anal beaded the cat we already have our episode title <laughs> welcome folks to geek shock <laughs> number 520 I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Um, anal beaten K. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> well, that's going to be a new moniker. Pack checked Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk uh, all things love store. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to, to take the George Carlin thing and feed him a bunch of rubber bands so you can just pick them up and yeah. fling them into the there neighbor's yard. <laughs> Bungee uh, cat. Yeah. Just make sure you get a lot of lead on it so when you step on it on the floor... And they walk away. It's all. <laughs> you can't hear okay. the look I gave Kay, but there was a look. Yeah, I got a look. Yeah, I got a look. And be careful how you recycle stuff. Mm, my, that's my, right. My wife uh, gave us all Dove chocolates. Yes, she did. And then she put in her own little mm-hmm. fortunes uh, inside, mm-hmm. and they're really adorable. And sweet. Yeah, yeah, they are. My fortune said Jeff's really special. <laughs> it really did. Well, I, I got your brains are so freaking big. It must be tough. Knowing yeah, I think all we, things and hint. I think we got each other's because mine is about your deep love of pancakes and waffles and wearing way too much maple perfume. Well, who's the waffles. handsome one? Because this is not you. Oh, dude, look at me. I'm yeah. pretty. No, that that one was obviously for me. Oh. Andy was the you're sitting next to Todd that Jeff got. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, yeah. No. <laughs> Because you were sitting next to Yeah, I was. It was very fortuitous. I thought you you were about to read. You had that breath in. I just looked at at the one that Kay had that says, on one side it says, I'm super special, and on the other side it says, I'm soups special. Yeah. Uh Because it's like, if if you're not Jeff, then tell Jeff he's super special. Oh, I see. It's it's nice of her to have that. Yeah, because these are all randomized. This wasn't a... Yeah, yeah. They didn't have our names on them, at least not on the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Cuddle Bean. Very, very sweet. They were carefully yeah. carved into the chocolate, though, uh-huh. with a fingernail. Uh, <laughs> shoot, I wish I'd have known that before I ate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. <laughs> Unwashed fingernail. <laughs> Andy, on the other hand, noticed it and was like, yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Before we get into what geeky things we did, a reminder that the book club is reading. Uh, the Last Wish, Last Wish by Andrzej Sapkowski. Which, oh my which is, which, two V's. It's Andre. 
Uh, sorry? Andre. Uh, it's just Andre? The J is a Y. What about the Z? The Z? Yeah. Don't worry about it. You mean it. the Z? It's a Z. What Guys, about the Z? It's a Z. Z. It's a fucking Z. Either way, the guy that wrote The Witcher, this is the first book, and we're reading it for the book club. Uh, we'll start discussions, uh, I believe, uh, so Wednesday. Y'all, so y'all tossed a coin to The Witcher? Ah. We are a valley of plenty, sir. <laughs> did you get the metal cover version that I sent you? I did, and I, I'd seen it earlier because oh, okay. the internet YouTube is awash in right. toss a coin. Oh, and see, I covers. thought I was, I thought yeah. I was special because I was just going nope. through the recommended for you feed, and that popped up like the second thing. That's on one of forty-two hundred metal covers yeah. of toss Holy. a coin to your Witcher. Holy oh, yeah. shit! <laughs> is that what that was? I didn't even bother clicking yeah. the link. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You don't you don't bother with a whole lot. I was like, Matt. this is a virus? What is this? <laughs> is that sending me fucking porn? What is this? If so you which, consider an earworm a virus, then yes. Which yeah. is ironic, because he sends me links for shit all the time. And you click on them. Excellent. I do. <laughs> <laughs> now I know better. <laughs> it's usually sports related. Yes, it usually is sports related. Yay. Uh, who beat him? The Tennessee Titans. Ti- yay, Titans. Oh, so you watch the game, Woo-hoo! I take it. Huh? Yeah. Mm. I just sat there, and I was just like, ah, well, you know, another, holy shit, this is great. You're like, I sense a disturbance in New England. Did uh, you sense a disturbance in New England oh boy. or what? He's already F- told us to y'all. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, don't, I don't have any skin in the game, but I really, the, the hatred against him really boggles my shut mind. Shut the fuck up, Boston. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Honestly, it's, Andy, it's, it's, it's too bad because we're not to win, you know. I'll you know, we'll have to lose once in a while, lot, I suppose. A lot of Patriots fans are insufferable. Like, literally, they take the they're fandom from Boston. Beyond, of course they're insufferable. <laughs> like, beyond part the, of the point cultural, of... Yeah. Beyond the point of, hey, it's cool, our team won. It's like, our team is so much better than your team, and you are the worst, lowest form of vile Have you ever been to earth. Boston? I have not. Yeah, well, you, you don't, you'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I will go there to burn it to the ground. I'll do what the British been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, really. Get in line. Just just smother it in in molasses. Yeah. molasses. Molasses. Yeah. It's a great molasses. And, uh, yes. The great away. molasses flood. Yes, which did happen. <laughs> we got a little physical mail. Physical, physical mail. mail. So read read the uh, the paper that came in the box. Hello, <laughs> my geeky overlords. Please enjoy this box of items I've been collecting for all of you. Some we've had for a while, some we went to great lengths to acquire, and others have been just laying around the house and just wants me to clean up, and I don't have an enemy to throw it out, so I'll leave them to you fine gentle nerds. The book goes to Kirsten. Where the hell did you get that sweater? Um, Jeff. No, no, no. Jeff or Jess? Oh, Jess. Yes. Yeah, they send a Christmas card. Their, their Christmas card's amazing. This is Jeff Roth and Jess, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's a Captain America ugly sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. I wouldn't say it's ugly. I think it's rather attractive. That's just the name of the sweater. <sighs> no. Mm. It'd be ugly to be ugly sweaters. Dude, dude it... it's Captain America, but it does look like Jack Kirby and Joe Simon threw up on Jess. Because there's an awesome... Uh, <laughs> Diehard ugly sweater that they have at Hot Topic. Oh wow! That says "Yippee Kaye, motherfucker" on it, and what's it has, nice. what's has the building and everything on it. What's what's that got to do with this? Because it's it's, it's not sweater. an ugly sweater, but it is a quote unquote ugly sweater. That's why I'm trying to explain to Andy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm it doesn't. Not, I'm it doesn't. Not, have I'm not going actually, for this. It doesn't have to actually be ugly. 
Andy. That w- words mean things. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? That's, that's why words are there. You lived through the 80s. Remember when something was bad? That didn't necessarily mean it was terrible. Yeah, I, I Sometimes lived through the 80s. I thought that was dumb. That's, that's one. I, 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 you racist. No, I sit there and borrow pieces of slang from the old days and from the current time and from the future. And, and some I just go, nope, not going to do that one. Dat my dude. Dat my dude. Dad the dude. That that comes from slave culture inversion. When you're like, oh, dude, you're so bad. You're so bad. <laughs> that was, this is true. It actually comes from a way of of actually applauding someone without actually being I, I busted. I get it. I just don't you, want to feel like embracing it. You Whoa, racist. You, yeah. you racist. <laughs> you come from the cradle of liberty. Hey, hey. Obnoxious Boston. I believe I've explained this to you. <laughs> I, 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 spent, I spent a year down in Georgia as a poor black man. Do you know <laughs> that... Do you Never know? ever say that aloud again. <laughs> <laughs> do you know... I did not know this. What? There was a point early, 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 early on. Slavery was against the law in Georgia. Georgia. Really? Yeah, they actually they actually overturned it because of uh, the the growing of the electric. Oh God, geez. <laughs> because of the growing plantation scene, they 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 needed they needed slavery. I, I like the, the plantation scene. The plantation you know? scene. <laughs> like the DJs are out there. Walka, 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 get the cut now. Walka, no, 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 walka, no, no, walka. Kirsten, It's not so much that they needed slavery; they were just too too lazy to go do their own stuff, and they saw people that they said, "Hey, these are people we can treat like." Not human. Listen, Americans didn't want to go out in the fields and pick it's their terrible. own cotton. Okay? That's right. The terrible. plantation owner did not want to do the work of several hundred people, the lazy bastard, so he just enslaved. Chop no want no help. Chop no get to help. <laughs> terrible, terrible point. Dear artistry. Lord. You guys. All right, are we going to restart this thing now? Listen, listen, listen. None of this concerns me. We yeah, didn't do it. We okay. didn't do it. Oh, you're, you're we Canadian. We didn't do it. You can go. That's right. <laughs> Now, I'll never, if we're ever talking indigenous people, get, that's another oh, thing. Yeah, wow. But yeah. yeah, you really fucked them with those schools. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> I would like to get back to a really nice letter. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you. The book <laughs> goes to Kirsten as a thank you for introducing me to the works of Mike Cole. Oh. Oh my goodness. And turn to the cover page if you oh, would. There, cover. Ooh, yeah, cover. Oh, had the had the pleasure of meeting him at New York Comic Con this past year. It it it's from. Oh, is that one of those card things they sign? They give it yeah, to you. It's a co- co- it's a it's but a signature plate, cover plate, it's cover yeah. plate, and he signed the cover of, of the book itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and to me. Yeah, yeah, to you. Wait a minute. How long have you had this sitting on your shelf, Jeff? I don't. <laughs> You get a book signed to me, and then you're just like, I'm going to keep it on my shelf for a while? Yeah. He, he was Until trying. Jess is like, would you get this crap out of the house? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What the? <laughs> 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 anyway, yes, Todd, you were reading? said, Todd, your ears were carried back from a certain haunted building in Orlando, as was the Star Wars swag. These are the most awesome Mickey oh ears I have ever mm. seen. They are the official 50th anniversary Haunted Mansion. Oh, wow. Ears oh, with the etchings God. in the ears. Those are nice. If I wasn't ear- wearing yeah. earphones right now, I would be wearing them. Those are amazing. Those are better. Actually, it's funny because this is book two of the trilogy, which I have not yet read yet. So perfect. This does fit in perfect. 
The Batman pin was made by a local convention for the late Adam West. What Batman mm. pin? I think I put in a few old Sega cartridges, too. Andy, Ooh. there's a pillow with an easy handle Excellent. for smothering. Excellent. Oh, it's a big group Ooh, pillow. It does have a handle. Mm. He can he can put that on his belt. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you rub that in my face? <laughs> he was smothering I you, was Matt. I was pulling you. <laughs> Matt. He I figured could... as a nursing assistant, you were used to Don't. smothering things with pillows. All right. Oh, okay. Oh. Call that Thursday. Monday through Thursday. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Maple Friday, Leaf. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I can Tuesday. picture Maple Leaf Matt enjoying round after round of Sabak. Oh, interesting. That's the Han Solo game, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. 80s Jeff. Uh-oh. I've always pegged you as a Pez guy. <laughs> I do like Pez. Although, sadly, my favorite Pez, Cherry Cola, is not made anymore. At least oh. I've not been able to find it anywhere. But Holy feel free crap. to share. Oh, my. Also added a large-sized comic so you can enjoy when you're old. Ah. Feel oh, free dude, look to... At that, look at that Enterprise. Feel so, it's a full Star Trek 25th anniversary Pez yes. uh, next generation. I put the popcorn in the <laughs> oh, there's, there's more stuff? His is better. Mm. I'm not a popcorn guy. Jesus Christ. There's a box with Bucky balls in it. So, yes, he's right. There's some old Sega cartridges in there. Oh, look at this. Oh, there's the a PS4 Spider-Man game. Ooh. Unicorn Toots Air Popped Popcorn. <laughs> and the big comic was the double-sized Treasury Edition of Rick and Morty. <gasps> Ooh. Jeffrey Roth, this is friggin' amazing. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, you very so much. much. Uh, there is one thing in here that obviously is for me. It's a... Cotet bookmark. Is that <laughs> yeah, what bookmark. Saying? There you go. Uh, this is this is a uh, Dark Tower. Oh, okay. ah, and it's glorious because Jeff, you rock. Oh, Jeff, you rock. Thank you so much. Thanks wow. for thanks for making every day a little <clears throat> more <nice>. geeky. <laughs> Jeff Harris, aka Jeffrey Roth. Damn man, that one looks Thank like it's you got your name on it. Man. So so much. I've got a package coming out to you soon. I just got the box for it. And uh, right now, uh, Andy is playing with the Bucky Balls. So yeah, expect that to. <clears throat> To just not work well after a while. Yeah, all over the floor. He he once said that to me. He was like, "You know, it'd make me happy." And I said, "Another set of hands and an extra package of Buckyballs." <laughs> <laughs> Where are my extra set of hands? It's one a, out of two is not bad, Andy. It's a planes, trains, automobiles joke. Mm. Incredibly generous, Jeff. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. This is cool. These are neat. Even so, if Matt didn't like my gift. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty cool, though. This is a Bach deck. I like this. So, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Andy and I researched recycling. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what does this mean? What does this entail? No, wait, don't. <laughs> <laughs> put, on your, put on your aluminium that's, hats, folks. That's right. <laughs> no, Togo, don't. That, that would be great, Todd, to just go, okay, cool. What else? And... <laughs> Just please right over. No, when Biggs was visiting, he informed us that you have to remove the bottle caps from your plastic bottles before you put them in recycling. Because when they do the wash, if the bottles float, they just like get rid of them. They have to sink into the wash before they get sorted and cycled. And we dutifully did that for about a month and then like And then today, today Andy and I are talking and Andy's like, I don't that doesn't even does that that doesn't even make sense to me? And I'm like, there's only one way to answer this. <clears throat> Go to the big G. So I went to Google. Okay. And the first 
entry I get. Hold on, let me guess. You need to take off the bottle caps, right? So it's telling you to do the bottle cap removal trick. That oh, oh, it's much summer. more complicated. No, no, than no, that. it's more oh. complicated. The the first thing I found says that you should remove the bottle caps. Okay, <clears throat> there's because, our there's our answer. Because no, because um, they're of two different types of plastic, and so you can actually ruin a whole load of plastic. In, in the recycling if you leave the bottle cap on and I was just like oh my goodness so you know don't mm. don't remove you know because it's like not removing caps or lids uh, no no not the glass bottles <laughs> hold on hold on my phone is so slow <clears throat> this reminds me I'm of scrolling one of the restaurants okay. I used unscrew to. the lid or cap uh, they usually have a higher melting point and can ruin the entire load of plastic that's trying to be recycled remember to always unscrew the lid or cap from your plastic containers before recycling uh, however you can leave the plastic ring around the bottles this is June 7th 2008 and I was like wow so Professor Biggs is correct <laughs> but for the wrong reason yeah, it has and, nothing to do with floating. Yeah, there's, and so there's Andy no and I were like, well, about this. <laughs> well, there you go. And then I scrolled down. You all float. Damn and it, I found he didn't remove his bottle cap. <laughs> why you should always leave the cap on a plastic bottle before you recycle it. I'm sorry? Yeah. This is this Another is article. this is from Mental Floss. They're uh, smart people. Yeah, and it's it's dated March of 2019. Ah, so it's new more, information. New information. Before you toss another empty plastic bottle in your recycling bin, you might want to make sure that the t cap is still attached. A life hacker apparently pointed out, <clears throat> when you remove the cap from the bottle, you essentially have thrown it right in the garbage. Now this is, it seems to go against everything we've been taught in the past, Professor Biggs. It's true that bottles <laughs> and caps are typically made of different kinds of plastic, which, by the way, had nothing to do with Biggs' explanation. And that used to pose problems at recycling pants, plants. Pants. Um, we well, have to recycle pants. You got to yeah. recycle those. <clears throat> and this is from the Association of Plastic Recyclers, explaining on its we website. But recycling technologies <laughs> have improved, and keeping the lid on is no longer an issue. Yeah, that other shit was 10 years old. Exactly. Yep. So the bottles float, the caps sink, making it easy to separate the materials. If you remove the caps and cause them to be improperly sorted early in the process... Uh, because of their small size, individual caps are often sorted into land-bound waste and their common ocean pollutants. You can seriously harm marine, marine life if they're ingested. By some estimates, 5 billion plastic caps pollute the environment in California each year. Damn. It, and then this is my kick in the nuts. It's also common for people to crush plastic bottles before placing them in the bin, which I've been encouraging the guys to do. That should also be avoided because apparently that can be confused for paper during the sorting process and end up in the wrong place. So retain a 3D form and keep the bottle caps on. And there you go. This and has been recycling shock. Yes, exactly. Otherwise known as <clears throat> screw you, Biggs. Now, I, I, I'm actually interested in what, what other people are going to say because you know there's going to be a whole bunch of different oh, stories. This is going to be controversial. So this will light up the lair, I'm sure, and Steve is going to give a very pedantic, uh, it's not the third decade of the 21st century explanation to this, but, you know, let's we'll see it. The, you're, you're the usual page-long... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. You're absolutely right, Jeff. I wish I hadn't said a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned nothing from Family Guy? And he's wearing his uh, yeah, his yep. uh, ears. I am. 
I'll be damned. These are not leaving my head. I'm going to work with these. Um. Yeah. I started watching all of the um, Star Wars. All of the Star Wars. In order. <laughs> all of the Star Wars. All the Star Wars in order. In, in so yes. which order? You and Bean. I did the prequels already. Prequels, then Clone Wars. That's not in order. Oh, wait, wait. He's what? doing them in order of uh, chronology. Episode. Okay. Fuck that. So the <laughs> Which is what what, what uh, John is doing also, but John being Hastings. I did the prequels. I can't do Solo because it's not on Disney Plus yet, so it's probably Netflix, right? It, it is, is on, on Netflix, Netflix right, right now. There was an argument in the Marshall household, either Solo first or Rogue One first. I said Solo first. Uh, uh, you're, you're both wrong. It's Clone Wars, the series, and then you got to go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to do it, do all the shits. <laughs> Okay. All right. I forgot Do about, all the Star forgot- Wars shits. Cowardice, okay. though, on the part of Torgo saying that Paulette is wrong and she's nowhere near the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I just finished yeah. Rogue One, and we're starting New Hope here shortly. But yes, the prequels aren't as bad as I remember. They're grown on me. They're, they're Even not, Jar Jar? They're not terrible. Uh, bad. Sh- I still don't like Jar Jar, and I just realized that your okay day bullshit is from there. Okie day. Yeah. Yeah. I say it because... You realize that now? Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I hate... Okay. <laughs> Okie day and Roger Roger, well, yeah, are, Roger, from, Roger. are from the, the prequels. And know. I do it because one time I said it to Barry and Barry was like, don't you ever say that to me again. And so then I've always been saying it to him <laughs> since then. So that's what I did. Fantastic, and I and I love that you you've stopped and reassessed your opinion on on the sequels, yes, prequels. So excuse me, and so of of the well, three, okay. which is your favorite? Probably probably the first one, Phantom Menace. Yeah, really? wow. Is, it, is this Only, the pod racing? No, pod racing and Darth Maul. Okay, okay, that, that, but I can't get over Aiden Christensen's and Natalie Portman their scenes together. It's so cringy. Yeah, they are. They're a little rough. Yeah. I can't stand sand. It gets there. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was time where we look at each other on couch and we're like, Ugh. <laughs> so, although it's yeah. really funny because you know what, we all did that when we were teenagers. We all did. I liked sand. I didn't say it. Yeah, sure you oh, did. Sand's great. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, you sand, think, sand you, is uh, fantastic. It gets everywhere. Oh come it's on. It's like free sand every time I go home. There you go. I was trying to think of, um, so Padme's age in the first movie is what, like 18, 17? Uh, he was nine and she was 14. There you go, boom. Right. He only knows that because it's in a Weird Al song. That's, That's true. That's damn right. right. Okay. So it's not, that as, bad and as, prop that weird is not as bad as what I was thinking. All right. Oh, what? What, 10 years difference? Jesus, they're both adults. Let them get it on. <laughs> Good <laughs> for <laughs> her. She's getting some young man. Damn Jesus right. Jesus Christ. The girl's aging out at, what, 29? She gets a 19-year-old. You're going to give her shit? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Every you know, it, it's so funny because Lucas he he just did that fucking stupid I had to make Anakin younger to appeal to the kids. It's like no ten year old loved the original Star Wars. No ten year old wanted to be Han Solo right? or or Mark Hamill. You know yeah, Luke Skywalker. Those the, are too old. I could never play yeah, like them. Yeah, nineteen year old guy. Oh, that's too old. And it's so funny because if Anakin, I honestly believe. That the fucking sequels, uh, prequels, all together, because it would start with Phantom Menace. If Anakin, if if it had been Hayden Christensen playing sixteen, you'd have been fine. 
I think I think the the prequels would actually be regarded better because it would have gotten off on a much better foot right off. But doing that ten year old thing, I mean, when she said he'll always be that little Annie, is sort of like ah, yeah, it's oh, a little, that's a little early, you know. I mean, on the other hand, you know, there are plenty of times I remember when I was thirteen, there were plenty of girls that if, if they'd forgotten I was little Kirsten, it would have been awesome, but. <laughs> It's just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all my life. Yeah, all my life. <laughs> but it's just, it. I seriously think the prequels would have a better legacy if he had not made that one change. And of course, you know, there's all the other stuff. But right, just that, I think it would have done, would have gone better. And the best lightsaber fight is in Revenge of the Sith, or yeah, uh, on um, Mustafar. Mustafar. Yes, the best lightsaber fight. Out of all of them, I don't know. I, all of them. I did kind of like for a long time really enjoy the lightsaber battle between Darth Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan because some intense stuff. It was the most. Well, because you, you're like, <gasps> it was the most kinetic. It's I mean, a it double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Ah! Well, no, but it was so quick. Like all yeah. the lightsaber fights we had seen up to that point were kind of slow. Yeah. But that's because yeah. David Prowse, uh, Prowse, right? Yeah. Sure. That did Darth Vader. Yeah. He couldn't move very quickly in that costume, so yeah. they slowed down a lot of the the movements. But uh, yeah, uh, I remember just like how quickly it happened. Is like okay, so that's about the pace that a normal bladed weapon battle would would take if you you're not encumbered by a lot of armor. So it made sense because that's what the samurais did for the most part. And, sure. You know, and then even more so with like ninjas and. Oh, ninjas. But anyway, I've seen every single Star Wars movie in the theater. I haven't <sighs> missed a single one. Get the hell out. And there out. is only one lightsaber battle yeah. that the crowd erupted into absolute cheers when it was taking place. The Yoda and, one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is the only one that I've seen a crowd reaction dude, that strongly. Dude, when he holds wait, open wait, his robe Dooku? and holds his hand and the, the lightsaber... <laughs> Yeah. To his hand. Which one? The, Count Dooku or the, the theater? Emperor? The theater. No, Count Dooku. Yeah, yeah, the second film. Yeah, and it, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just him doing that telekinetic pull, which I'm sort of like, why doesn't everybody do that? That's awesome. And it was just, it was. You're right. It was the same thing. We might have been to. And it was like one place. of the few times I actually agreed with <laughs> Lucas. He's like, he's thinking about, okay, so how would Yoda, this really mentor character? You know, how would he withdraw his blade for battle? And it's like, well, he's so old and he's so wise and so experienced, he would just kind of let it come right into his hand using the force. And I'm yeah. like, that makes sense because, you know. I mean, it's not like he's in deep space dragging himself to a ship, right. you know, when he's a. But he so said it, it would makes be, sense. It would be more like a reflex, whereas, like, the younger Jedi, it's their reflex to reach down and physically sure. grab the blade. Dude, it's an awesome image. Yeah. Imagine a fucking gunfighter just holding his hand out and his gun. Whoop. Yep. Jesus Christ. It was and you know, the way the way Yoda's just like, All right, you want to do it this way. You know? Yep. It's just and it it it's funny because it confused a lot of non fans. I think Andy somebody made like an observation. 
Well, how could how could he move around like that if he's like old and he's limping with the cane? It's like, well, he's he's using the force and he's doing the fight. Why doesn't he use the force all the time to move around? And, and so, it requires well, focus. It's <laughs> exhausting. It takes you. Well, I don't understand. Where, where's Baby Yoda the fuck out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I still, as a side note in Mandalorian, I love that moment when Baby Yoda is like raising its hand to the the droid that's approaching it with a weapon and then it gets shot and it falls over and before it reveals mando baby yoda kind of looks at his hand like wow <laughs> that was pretty cool anyway but yeah it it you're right it's the one time the crowd went ape shit and i never figured personally i never fig- i never would have figured yoda that wouldn't have been a decision I'd made. I'd have made Yoda totally telekinetic, throwing shit around, force pushing, whatever, because, you know, he's so powerful, he's beyond the lightsaber. That's how I would view it. Well, I liked it because each one of them, so Hayden Christensen, well, and Anakin, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Darth Maul, they all had different styles. It wasn't yes. like... Yeah, they worked They worked. Yeah, to, they all to had make that. different uh, sword fighting styles, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's all. No, I love it. And you also, I believe you also bought your tickets? To LVO? I have yes. not yet. All right, but it's happening. To what? LVO. LVO, the Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Open. Open. One of the largest, in fact, as far as this 40K tournaments, might be the largest in America. North America, yeah. Oh, my. Warhammer 40K, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. If oh, this is a big thing that we went to... Yeah. Yes. Where is it being held this, this year? This is being again at Bally's. Okay. They're taking up all the Bally's Convention Center for and, it again. And when is it? 24th and 26th of this month. And oh, 26th. my. Yeah. Cool. 24th of the 26th. Three days of gaming, painting seminars. If it's for tabletop war gaming, it's the thing to do on the West Coast. Hmm. I have to ask you, since you went last year, mm-hmm. did you have to buy additional tickets to those painting? Yes. And that was actually at the event? Uh, yeah, I bought them at. The, you can buy them online. Previously, I bought some. I bought some of mine at the event as well. Okay. So and at no right. point did I see any of them sell out. But it was fantastic because I, I did three different painting seminars, and there was like a maximum. Uh, the biggest one I was in has like eight people, and so it was re- just everything was just real hands on, and the instructor was right there to Very teach handsy. you everything. Yeah, it was like a Catholic seminar. It was fantastic. There you go, guys. I have to tell you, it's worth the price of admission. Buy your tickets and go, and then just follow around Todd. Yes, because you have, you have honestly never seen him so happy. It's so true. <laughs> Did you go last year as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let I, me show I got you this. In. Did no Scully didn't Scully didn't go there last year did he or no? I don't know if he did or not. We need I to get know. him to go there with his costume. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I will be buying probably a three day ticket or a three day. Package. I don't know. Do do they allow cosplay at Warhammer t- tournaments or is, or is that too nerdy? I don't. They. I don't. Honestly, I don't know how you could play Warhammer in a costume like that. Well, I don't know about playing. Yeah. Right, but I think if you're not playing, yeah, I think they definitely allow it. Yeah. In fact, welcome it. Well, fact, actually, give them hugs. actually, Todd, we saw some interesting people. Oh, yes. Yeah, the one guy who wore only the spandex pants. <laughs> what the fuck was that? They were special Warhammer spandex pants. Yes, they were. And no shirt. And no shirt. <laughs> 
Yeah. Glory to the yep. emperor. He was, th- <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was there to distract his opponent in any way possible. Oh, my God. I'd almost oh gotten my. that image out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, public thrusting every time he's, like, rolling dice. Oh and like, what was God. he doing? I don't know. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was interesting. Right. It's on my calendar. I... I I, I think I think I was respectful and didn't take a picture of them. <laughs> it was funny because oh, I, I, I think I it. actually did take a picture of their battle map because I think they had an interesting battle going on. Yes. I think you and I were sort of like, wow, look at that. And they had some cool models and stuff. Andy, that would have been one of your he's right behind me pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would have asked nicely, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and Andy would just try to play cool, have a nice, pleasant smile on his face. He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So that's happening at the end of this month. Three oh, days boy. of glorious tabletop gaming All and right. painting and hobbying and just being goofy geeks. Yeah. And I believe the price for the three-day admission is 40 bucks. That's not bad for yeah. three days of for fun. For three days. No. That well, explains was one a day, lot. Because I, I don't have as much Warhammer in me as you guys do. Yeah, but it's not just Warhammer. There's other things there. Not much. It's 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 almost all miniature tabletop games yeah, in yes. some regard. Yeah, Andy, there are demos mm-hmm. of various types of board games and stuff like that. Yeah. That you is actually, true. They had more board game demos this they time. They had than, lots of yeah. demos actually. We did there was one section we couldn't move where and they were just like, Wanna play a game? Wanna play a game? Wanna play a game? Hey, got a <laughs> game for you. I wanna play a game with you. I got a game for you. Yeah. I, pl- I played a demo for Guild Ball, which is a fantastic variation on Blood Bowl. It's its own Guild Ball rugby game. Oh, I'll clean that up. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil, the board game. Resident there. Evil. There was there was Marvel. Wasn't there some Marvel shit? There, uh, DC, DC, the DC. There. Oh, okay. At Marvel, DC. Yeah, one of those. So yeah, but, good times. Yeah, yeah. So what other geeky things you do this week, well, gentlemen? Matt will be happy to know that I went to the Millennium Fandom Bar. Did cool. you now? Twice. Well, wow, congratulations. Yeah. Well for you. <laughs> Andy, waking up there in the morning doesn't count as a Saturday. Oh. <laughs> no, I went out uh, Thursday because it was uh, um, uh, Frankie's uh, Bo's uh, 21st birthday. Oh. So I took him to his first legal drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought he was using the handle of a gangster <laughs> Frankie Bows hey Frankie Bows this guy ain't paying you just gotta go talk to him alright get him to pay Frankie Bows ain't in charge yeah we'll send Frankie right. Bows over to take care of it <laughs> you know why they call him Frankie Bows he'll be delighted to hey, find out hey, he made it hey, in the cast hey K listen to this Torgo's got a joke <laughs> alright what's up do we find you funny? No, no. We find you funny. Tell me about how we find you funny. That was the funniest like way I've ever heard a joke just get stripped. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty savage. Wow. <laughs> Nothing I can say is funnier than that. <laughs> he, he, dude, he bleached you. That was just awful. <laughs> I'm so stripped. I'm covered in super green. <laughs> oh my god. Warhammer joke, guys. <laughs> so I went Damn. back Saturday because they were doing Rocky Horror. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so I, I actually dressed it like, dressed like a Transylvanian. I got myself a tux jacket and a cummerbund and a bow tie and 
Or some cool glasses. And some panties. Yeah, I didn't, didn't do the panties. I was <laughs> no. a Transylvania. I was the party goers, not the sweet transvestite Transylvania. Right, right, right. But you yeah. have to wear the panties underneath. That's part of the costume. And he calls that a Sunday. Nobody told me that part. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um... <laughs> They couldn't, party. <laughs> they couldn't get the rights to show the actual movie. Wait, what? They couldn't get the rights to show the movie. Okay. What they showed was a 2015 um, uh, live performance of the play. The, 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 oh, the actual Rocky Horror play. The one they did that special, they did like a special anniversary edition in England. 40, that 40th one? anniversary. Yes, that's that a was, fantastic it, version. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... First of all, I'd never seen the play. I'd, I'd pieced together some stuff. I knew the play was a little bit different. Um, I knew there was like at least there were two songs that one song that they well I think they cut them both, but there's 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 two songs that are in a play that aren't in a movie, right? Um, but one they actually filmed and cut it. Um, but also there's you know a couple little shuffling bits of the story around. Um, but it was a bunch of really good actors I didn't know. But oh, phenomenal! But the narrator keeps exactly that's what i wanted to bring up with a star so doing it each time it starts out with stephen fry which was great amazing uh, i've got the list here because i couldn't remember them all um mel uh gidrick who i don't know she's a, a very funny woman um anthony head the uh yes. um, um the watcher well the watcher for the uh, uh niles? niles 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 from uh, buffy uh giles giles you're right giles, giles. adrian edmondson from the young ones yes um, and then the the oh, and Emma Button, who is uh, yeah, baby Spice, Girls. baby Spice. Yes. But the one they the the last one they the last one they revealed was Richard O'Brien, who looked great in 2015. Apparently, he was just you know. And Richard O'Brien, of course, wrote the original musical, the stage version, and the movie, and, and, play, played, and, play, and played riff in the movie and in the original stage version. Um, also, Rocky talks in in the uh, play, which I didn't yes. realize. That was interesting. Um, but yeah, it was a great way to watch it. I mean the. the of course, we're all trying to shout the lines that were all off rhythm because it's different. Yeah, very end, completely different lines in some ways. Yes. Um, One glorious thing when you're watching that anniversary edition stage show is some of the audience members are shouting. Oh, absolutely. The things. And the people playing the narrators are playing with them left and oh, right. Oh, yes. It's so fun to watch. Rolling with it. Yeah. Yes. And oh, the, the Fry's delivery of heavy, black, and pendulous was just... Oh, just spot. Oh. Now, it, spot yeah, he's on. sitting there and he's reading off and he's like, uh, what's Brad's last name? Uh, uh, Majors. 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 He's like, Brad Majors. And everyone's like, asshole! And he goes, you've met him. <laughs> <laughs> It's very yeah. funny. I showed Kay that little section, but the whole thing is on YouTube. You yeah. can watch the whole thing on YouTube. Um, it's it's wonderful. It's just delightful. And had a good old time. Hang out with Alex afterwards. And phenomenal. Yeah. So that was about yeah. it. That's yeah. about for my was, geekiness. Yeah. I'm glad you had uh, Frankie, Frankie Bose to watch your show. Frankie, oh, Frankie Bose was uh, <laughs> was there the day before, the couple days before. Oh, but the one I missed. See, I went there two days, and I kind of wish I'd gone three days in a row, because what I missed on Friday when I wasn't there. First Friday. Well, they have the uh, annual, uh, no, you know, the monthly meeting of the Wasteland Warriors, which is essentially Mad Max cosplay. But at the same time, they're also having a Barbie night. So it was like <laughs> Mad Max oh, and Barbie in the same room. Wow. I we needed uh, pictures of that. I know. Dude. Well, they'll be on, they'll be on the MFB yeah. website, Facebook page eventually. That's Damn. amazing. Truly glorious. Anything else you do this week, guys? I got this group pillow. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Yeah. Doctor Who started uh, back he, up this week. 
Yeah, he was ah. pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> next Matt, season. Matt, Matt's disdain <laughs> for Doctor Who is legendary. Well, yeah. he can just fuck off. Well, <laughs> well. All right, Ooh. wait. We got the number for Frankie Bose. Oh, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, hey, yo, Frankie. This is this is guy Jeff. He's got an attitude. He needs an attitude adjustment. All right. <laughs> So it started seeing one episode. Uh, two actually. They uh, they did one on New Year's Day, okay. and then the uh, regular night for airing is Sunday night. So got two uh, two quick episodes up um, between New Year's and and today. So right. Interested to see where this season goes. Fantastic. And, uh, you know Without what? Being I, too spoilery. <laughs> I put away uh, Death Stranding for a little bit because I'm absolutely wishing. <laughs> No, I'm absolutely enthralled and engrossed in a game called Graveyard Keeper. Mm. It's it's a crafting game. Oh, so look, I look at everyone's heads just go away. Everyone's just turned. Crafting, 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 crafting. It's like, and in other news, sky is blue. <laughs> <laughs> but Stars it, come out at night. But this one feels like it's just made for me. It has 16-bit graphics, very Super Nintendo-style graphics. And the whole like a Stardew or something like Stardew Valley. Yeah, it's it's, it's Stardew yeah. Valley with corpses. Okay. What? Yes. <laughs> you. <laughs> In other words, somebody literally designed this just for, yeah. for Torgo. The the whole premise is that uh, you're across the street, hit by a car, presumably died and woke up in medieval times, and uh, the. The lo- local. Uh, you, you mean actual medieval times, not the weirdly themed right, restaurant? Right, right, okay. absolutely. Because <laughs> then that would just be a remake of Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> <laughs> and the local constable makes you the graveyard keeper because they don't have one anymore. So it's up to you to keep that graveyard up. And you find out that there's a portal that can take you home, and you got to figure out how to get to that portal and use it. In the meantime, hiding amongst the the medievalry and being just a wonderful yet horrible graveyard keeper. Wow! Uh, for example, you have to do embalming, and you have to do uh, autopsy and so on for the bodies that are dropped off. Medieval but, autopsies? But if, if some of that meat ends up getting... Eaten, packaged, and stamped as officially uh, government-sanctioned meat product that gets sold to the local tavern to make yourself a little money on the side. Well, that might happen too. Mm. How uh, much did you pay them to make this game for you? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I am not kidding. That I've, I have sunk over the last. I've, I've had it for about two and a half, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I've probably sunk about twenty-five hours into this game. Nice. Nice. It's just. It's wonderful. There's always a puzzle. There's always something to do. There's always something to advance. There's always some new technology to gain. It's one of those one more turn itis games that just uh, you. I'm going to stop after I do this, and then two hours later, you're Mm -hmm. saying the same thing to yourself. I finished off all the DLC for uh, Fallout Vegas this morning, this afternoon. So that means you've done it all. All of Fallout Vegas. I've done all the DLC. I still have to finish up the whole actual main quest. Oh, the game itself. Okay. So you still got a while to go. Oh, yeah. 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 I will say the Fallout games are games that keep giving. Yeah. Uh, he's going to burn out my Xbox playing this game. <laughs> I just see it now. It's on its last legs. <laughs> you got, what is it, uh, Red Ring of Death? Yeah. No. Almost. We've had that no, before. No, no. <laughs> that was so goddamn funny. 
Uh, what a day! Your, your red ring of death was funny. Uh, it's actually it, my ring. It was. Ring of it was death. Andy's. <laughs> no, uh, Andy got an old uh, Xbox hand down from a friend, and then another friend came in from out of town. Our crazy libertarian friend that we all oh, talk yeah. about, <laughs> and we were going to LAN, and uh, he. It was really fun. Really cool. He was staying at this one uh, little motel. They had a conference room. <clears throat> he rented it. He bought two 32-inch screens, so I brought my Xbox, Andy brought his hand down, we're setting up the screens, I'm setting up mine, we're landing to Andy's. Oh, and, and I, we made sure we had updated everything, so we don't We sit updated there and... everything, we checked, by the numbers, we were fucking before ready. Before we came there, we updated it before we brought it When over. we had access to Wi-Fi and shit and, you know, and everything, and then... Uh, uh, ben and Andy are on one side I'm on the other I'm setting mine up and I just hear this mmm and then <laughs> is that the red ring of death? <laughs> <laughs> and Andy was like yes <laughs> it was just like oh crap it, I mean I just updated it before and then put it in a box and brought it over wow it died between it died somewhere between Spring Valley and, and downtown Vegas <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And it turned out to be okay. Andy got a new used Xbox out of it because our crazy libertarian friend is crazy, but he is also generous. And he's like, dude, I feel so bad. And he pulled a wad of money out and threw it at his girlfriend and said, go down to a place and buy one. And I guess she got it. Was it secondhand? Was it I don't remember. refurbished or yeah. something? I don't know, but he got another one. So. Oh. Of course, that's not the one he's playing here. <laughs> no, that's up in Duncan's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want that one back. <clears throat> <laughs> so anyway, that was a funny moment. Is that the red ring of death? Hmm. <laughs> so a quick uh, piece of mail here. Hello, Geek Shock Godlings. Godlings? I'll take it. Uh, right. Just wondering how many of you have read Jack Vance's Tales of Dying Earth. I have. I knew it was on the list of books that inspired D&D, but now that I'm reading it, damn, you can tell it was a big influence. It seems like a pretty bad luck that uh, Maple Leaf got deported at the same time that that Warhammer guy got kicked off the show. Frowny face, Cthulhu Collector. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, just mad, just shaking his head. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vance, uh, Vancean spellcasting—that's what they call it—and it had a tremendous influence. It's funny because those stories are great, but boy, oh boy, does Vance lay on the flowery language? Oh, really? You, you are in for some. It, it is actually work. You actually have to put your thinking cap on and focus because. <clears throat> it's great writing and wonderful adventure stories and a lot of anti-heroes. I mean, it's very crazy stuff. Uh, and it's really, really, really imaginative. But boy, oh boy, you, you're you going to expand your polysyllabic uh, vocabulary. Oh, so this is not a casual reader. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, yeah, no. <clears throat> you know, yeah, you, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, don't uh, be completely this is, active reader on that one. Yeah, you really need to focus. It's great stuff though because Vance was a master of language. He was he was amazing. Great stuff. So, <clears throat> and I love those stories. They're a lot of fun. They're very imaginative. And yeah, you pick up a lot of oh, this is where D&D got that from. There are a few others. You we need to read Three Hearts and Three Lions. Um 
I think that's the other like super major fucking influence that three hearts and three lions by Paul Anderson. Oh, okay. And that's one of those uh, portal stories. It's a dude from regular old Earth finds himself in this fairy land. I like those kind of stories. Yeah, and he uh, he uh, has to figure things out. And goes John Carter on a place. Kind of, sort of, but it's uh, Anderson is a, is a great study of uh, history, and uh, so his medieval stuff, uh, a lot of the medieval tales, folk tales, and stuff, it's it's pretty pretty accurate. But he's also got his own vision of things. I mean, he was the one who created the law chaos dichotomy uh, alignment thing that. Really? That uh, my, even Michael Moorcock and the Elric stories and all of his stories picked up on that from Paul Anderson. Oh, interesting. And interesting tidbit about Paul Anderson. In 1954, his book, The Broken Sword, came out, which is a super-duper Viking fantasy story. Uh, he portrays elves uh, totally unlike Tolkien did. And one of the interesting tidbits is 54 is when Lord of the Rings came out. So actually two completely divergent and totally different interpretations of Northern European elves came out in the same year. And one had a tremendous influence on pop culture and the other is almost ignored. Anderson actually taught himself Old Norse so he could research the sagas and actually adapt these stories. And Broken Sword is amazing. It's vicious as hell. It will stand your head on hair on on end. Uh, but it's it's really it's really a great story. But uh, yeah, dying dying Earth. That's that's some classic classic old school stuff. And Vance is a master. Fantastic. Mm. There you go, Cthulhu Collector. There's, All right. there's your short answer. Yeah. So I guess we've got to do some Weekend Geek. Yay! What? Uh, no, Andy doesn't give a shit about uh, whatever. We're still so close to the New Year's. That, oh, uh, I see. Okay. Uh, a lot all, of the stuff is dropping. It's all good news yet. right now, baby. Mm. And it starts the Christian Bale is in talks oh. to join <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh, yeah. As a yet undisclosed character. He's going to be the god of love, baby. <laughs> While the Grandmaster and Korg are both confirmed to return to the film, which... Hints that at least oh, some of the film... Grandmaster's was- coming back? Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. I did not know that. That's wonderful. And Korg. Well, yeah. He's got to come back. He's directing the damn thing. Yeah, right. He's going to be there whether you want him or not. We're making a movie, mate. You want to <laughs> be in it? You want to come? You want to come? <laughs> We're making a movie. You want to come? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Jesus, Matt, what what have you been taking some improv classes or something? <laughs> You're slowly expanding here. Uh, oh, we're all slowly expanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. He figured out where Paul's teaching his drop in classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this Saturday at the uh, Sci Fi Center. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> the movie's basis will be in Jason Aaron's mid 2010s Thor run of the comics where Jane Foster wields Moldier. The uh, storyline features Cull the God of Fear, and the Congress of the Worlds on Asgard. The film hits theaters on November 5th, 2021. That's funny, because that comics run, there ain't no Grandmaster. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get him in there. Oh, the, there's, they've, I've already read 
interviews with Watiti that's just like, yeah, we're taking some of this. We're not doing that. We're doing this. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to make it work. Yeah, that's that's funny, though. Good. I had no clue that he was coming back. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Silver. Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, sorry. Uh, Studio Ghibli, which I guess I'm not pronouncing that right, but don't care. I, th- <laughs> I think it. Is working on two brand new animated films this year. Despite his quote-unquote retirement around 2013, Miyazaki is directing one of them. His project is said to be Kimi Tachi Wado Ikiruka, or how, oh. or how do you live in English? Oh, okay. I like your version better. Thank that you. <laughs> I like to think it's a little rhythm in there, uh, which is based on the 1937 novel of the same name, if you want to repeat it, uh, by Genzaburo. Uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> Genzaburo. Uh, Yoshino. It is described as a coming-of-age adventure fantasy following the 15-year-old Koparu and his uncle, unquote. The movie was originally going to be released for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, but Miyazaki, age 78, is taking his time producing a reported one minute of animation every month. Oh, whoa. Wow, that's... Yikes. With production expected to speed up, we can now hope to see how do you live in either 21 or 22. Uh, <laughs> Good, because at that rate, it was... Uh, the title should be If You Will Live. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a famous for movies like My Neighbor, Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away, Studio Ghibli pre, uh, provi- prides itself on detail-oriented animation, emotional stories, fantasy world-building, and wide-ranging characters. Always amazing. Always amazing. And a theme park based on Ghibli creations is scheduled to open in Japan's uh, Nag- Nagakute City in 2022. All of the studio's features will be available to stream on HBO Max when the subscription service launches in the spring. Oh, I got to it. see my first good uh, for that studio subscription <laughs> service. I got to see my first uh, studio Ghibli uh, film uh, uh, was Howl's uh, Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle, and, and I got to to watch it in a theater pretty much by myself because somebody invited me to go out and check out this weird Japanese shit and never showed up. Oh, he's K. looking at K. He's looking at <laughs> K for that. Why, did why is I he looking you? at you? You did. You ditched me. No. You iced him? I, I, I'd have done uh, the same thing. Something happened. There was some sort of crisis. I there can't was. What it was I didn't even get laid, folks. Yeah. It's, we're talking double trash. But yeah, I, I just, I, I just, uh, I wouldn't have gone, but I've been invited and I went to see. I'm like, oh shit, I've been missing all this. God damn it. That was amazing. Yeah. So you enjoyed it? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so you didn't need K there. I never do. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> whose soda would he drink if I wasn't there? Fine point. Whose soda would I spill? It's more important. <laughs> no, it's more like who do you spill on if, if nobody's in the theater with wow. you? Wow, it's all Nobody. of these things, folks. It's all of these things. <laughs> Why not both? Uh, we did lose a few people this week. Jack Sheldon, who helped raise a TV generation as the voice behind Schoolhouse Rock's educational mm. children anthem no. like Conjunction Junction and I'm Just a Bill, playing oh, the bill, God. has died at the age of 88. Sheldon, a jazz artist and singer who spent 16 years with Merv Griffin, joined the ABC Schoolhouse Rock series of sing-along PSAs in the 1970s. Sheldon also played the standalone animated character of Louis the Lightning Bug in a series of 1980s PSAs, cautioning kids in his gravelly, soulful trademark voice, you gotta stay away from power lines. 
Sheldon showed up in a 1996 episode of The Simpsons to take on the form of a parody of his schoolhouse rock oh. Bill cartoon and gamely stepped back into the character again in 2001 for a Family Guy episode in which he voiced the part of an anti-smoking bill up for a vote before U.S. Congress. <laughs> In 2002, Sheldon joined in once again to lend his voice an updated revival of Schoolhouse Rock. And as for the Star Trek Next Generation fans, the next time you're watching the episode 11001001, the 15th episode from the show's first season, pay attention to the pianist lounging in the holodeck's recreation of Bourbon Street Bar that is Mr. Sheldon. The what? Uh, that one I didn't know. Pianist. Pianist. Yes. A penis? Yes. Pay attention to the penis. penis. The, the big pe penis. The penis lounging in the holodeck. <laughs> a 12-inch penis. You can do anything in those holodecks. Well, you know, it makes sense. Conjunction. Penis. Wesley, how did your program get in no, here? Not, not consummation. <laughs> conjunction. Well, conjunction. Oh, yeah. You're hooking up Hick words up. and phrases and clauses. Mm. Oh. <laughs> you you get sent out of this. Why no function? <laughs> It happens to everybody now and again. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can do a whole freaking schoolhouse rock thing about sexual dysfunction. Only 40% of women get one orgasm. Orgasm. <laughs> we also yeah. lost our director, Sid Mead, renowned for his visual work on Blade Runner. And a host of other hugely influential films. That was sad. Passed yeah. away at the age of 86. Mead was set to be honored for his career achievements with the Art Directors Guild, William Cameron's Menzies Award. Menzies? <laughs> Menzies. Menzies? William Cameron's. Do you still have your Menzies, Menzies? Award? Yeah, you get, you if you <laughs> have a conjunction and you're on your Menzies, you the get Catholic a, Church will sanction them. Remember, right. <laughs> remember when Kay used to bitch at me about undercutting the obituaries? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I used to, yeah. You live long know. enough, you become there you hate, know. Right? I'm just, I'm jaded. I'm mm -hmm. staring mortality in the face, and I have no fear! So he was supposed to receive that Menzies Award in February. <laughs> the Menzies Award. A self-described. It's a it's a pregnant uh, <laughs> uh, award. It's just it's loaded with life. <laughs> and it's just the dregs of life. Well, you know. Oh God! A, a self-described virtual visual futurist. <laughs> virtual visual. <laughs> that was, I'm virtually I, I, I a so, visual. I, I so trumped that completely trumped it. <laughs> Just gonna substitute the word. I meant to say I that first say one. That. I meant to say that. Bigly. <laughs> Mead's gift for design was encompass encompass everything from architectural renderings for the real world built environment to fantastical concepts for places he created. Now, Mead worked as the designer for the automotive industry after serving in the U.S. Army in the 1950s. He founded his own design company, Sid Mead, Inc., in 1970, leading to work later on in the decade for what became a steady roster of visually arresting futuristic movies that now define science fiction, like Star Trek The Motion Picture in 78, Blade Runner in 82, Tron in 82, Short Circuit in 86, Aliens in 86, Time Cop in 94, Johnny Mnemonic in 1995, Mission Impossible 3 in 2006, and Elysium 2013, and... Blade Runner 2049 and 2017, for which he again provided the Futurescape design. Hmm. 
Uh, now, the, we were, these were going to end here, but no, no, my, my, my damn phone's lights up because apparently Fact Check Andy just reads the obituary page, and now I have a whole bunch to add to he's it. Like, he he's sends like, them to me. He's like those Yentas in Brooklyn. You, you know what's it's happening? It's the first is, page they go to, and they're like, oh, do you know who died this week? What, what's happening is for months, I've been sending you stuff via Facebook message. Oh, is that what's been so, going on? Now you're actually getting the shit. <laughs> Because I realize you don't have that. I didn't know Sid Mead also d- uh, d- designed uh, Johnny Five for Short Circuit. See, I'm glad you brought it back, Jeff. Thank yeah. you. Thank I, you. Because I knew about Star Trek. I knew about Blade Runner and Aliens and all that. But I just I was scrolling through the page while you were reading, kind of following along. And, and, and I was talking like, about oh. and talking about doing Johnny Five for Short Circuit. Which yeah, is he designed he, he designed the robot. Yeah, I know. He said that. Well, I While you were he, reading. he did design in short circuit, but I didn't see yeah, him design Johnny robots. So. Yes, assumed, that's what I was expanding. We upon, assumed Johnny Andy. Five. What else is he going to survive to design? Like I, I, well, I mean, Ali Sheedy's hairstyle, the, I think the, the Indian guy's accent. I mean, come on! <laughs> wow, it, that's woo. It Andy's takes a tough just man to make a tender chicken loose. <laughs> the beauty about Mead, I think, is like <laughs> you said, him working with the automobile automotive industry. And, and working in design in real life. Yeah, but he mean, And then participating in artistic yeah. design. That had, that that really lent to his design, like Blade Runner. I yeah. mean, Blade Runner really, you get a real feeling that this is something that could evolve out of what's what's been before, as opposed to a lot of science fiction design, which is really just 14-year-old. Right. Wouldn't that be cool? You know? Yeah, and like uh, he also worked, I, I guess, in the electronics industry, like yeah. Phillips Electronics. So not just like Ford Motor Company. So he's got quite a diverse yeah. design background because you can't always translate the design language from one industry to another. And I guess that would have been very beneficial to him moving into the cinema because you could you can kind of merge the two. Mm-hmm. into certain designs that you yeah. wouldn't do in real life. Amazing. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, <clears throat> Giger, an alien, right. like had as big an effect on a movie and as on science fiction as a whole as Sid Mead and Blade Runner. But I, I honestly don't know who else you're going to point to and say there was that kind of effect. Yeah. It's it's just it's absolutely amazing. So this is me being serious, you know, after joking around a bit. Yeah. So the, the heck with you all have you to guys. Do that PSA <laughs> I understood that. I can tell by the fiction on your face. Yeah. You but just... it, no, it's just it's the guy was amazing. Blade Runner was just it was man, it was so visionary. I haven't watched it all the way through. <laughs> No, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm glad I don't. I'm not the one this time. No. Yeah, no, we've, we've finally, after dragging your ass for decades, got you to fucking watch it. <laughs> hey, it was okay. Important question. Fuck you, you <laughs> bitch. Did, have you seen Cats yet? No, okay. still have not seen Cats. I, at this point, I don't think I'd see it without you. I, it would feel weird <gasps> not seeing Cats without <laughs> you. <laughs> we gotta do it quick because I don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna last. It's not gonna last. It's not gonna last. We might have to save it for the dollar cinema. Yeah, oh. it's not gonna last. If there, you're right. gonna do dollar uh, cinema. I'll go with you. Yeah, it'll show up there for Andy sure. Andy will pay my ticket. I'll go. <laughs> the sad thing is, like the Last Jedi keeps like having diminishing returns each weekend, but it's still like bowling over everything else in the theaters. 
Rise oh. of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yes, yeah. sorry. It's it's funny because I. Get the title right. I know what sorry, that I, was I, supposed I, to fail. It I just, fail. What are you talking? About? You got a strange definition of <sighs> failure, Jeffy. I just re- reflexively with my favorite of the new trilogy. Yeah, your reflexes. Your reflexes suck. Just like Rise of Skywalker and Ryan Johnson. He must have a low made of cloning. Yeah, he just, he just <laughs> did too much clone wood. Yeah. Okay, that's enough to we'll stop it. <laughs> <laughs> God, the, the critics have, teaspoon, have, have gotten have gotten uh, uh, Matt just terrified of overplaying <laughs> overplaying the man babies. That's right. He's scared. Not scared. It was really funny because originally he's like, "Fuck these guys, this is pretty funny." And then you turn on the mic and he's like, "Okay, not it's too much." That's just, <laughs> Let's just stop now. It's okay. We I think one, one of these times when you guys decide yeah. to do like your own podcast, you should just do an all man babies cast. You know, beginning to end. Andy's no, it never happened. Matt's too terrified, <laughs> and Andy would have nothing to say. Literally. Well, no. actually, oh. Matt, perfect. There you go. Perfect. I figured out how to sell Matt on the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Ah, but the deaths don't end there. We also lost Don Marshall. He was 80 years old. On Star Trek, he played Lute- uh, Lieutenant Boma in the Galileo 7 episode in 1967. And on the late 1960s sci-fi drama, Land of the Giants, he had mm-hmm. a recurring role oh, as Dan that, Eckertson. Oh, yeah. Among other shows, including Bewitched, Bionic Woman, Incredible Hulk, and Little House on the Prairie. We also lost Patricia Alice Albrecht. The voice of the green-haired troublemaker Pizzazz in animated series Gem and the Holograms. Uh, she played roles on live-action TV series and movies, including Remington Steel and Midnight Madness in the late 70s, early 80s, before landing the role of Phyllis Pizzazz Gabor in Gem, Gem and the Holograms. The character was the mischief-making lead singer of the Holograms' rival band, The Misfits, and into the mid-90s, Albrecht continued to provide voices for animated projects and repeated appearances in the new Yogi Bear show, Snorks, New Kids on the Block animated show, Ooh. as well as gigs on Tom and Jerry Kids, Droopy, Master Detective, Batman, the animated series, Ooh. and Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. Oh. Hmm. Sylvester wow. and Tweety Mysteries? Yeah. Wow. They were stretching in the 90s. I... Okay. Yeah, they're 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 really trying wow. to make it, make the Looney Tunes work. Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers just literally kept bringing stuff, doing trying it out, seeing what stuck. See, until you told me that part, I was thinking this is a typical bit of Andy trivia. Actually, I'm I'm working on the t- typical bit of Andy trivia because you said Midnight uh, Madness was one of her films. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Todd's like, oh, God, I got to read this again? Yes. I think that's Michael J. Fox's first film. Good for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, God bless her and thank her for all her contributions. Yes. And, and, And frankly, their songs were better. Yeah. <laughs> it's from Todd, folks. If he, if anyone's gonna know, he will. And they're gonna get her. But then she never did, did she? They did. That's why. That's why I got canceled because there is no more oh. gem. They, the Misfits got her. <laughs> Once they got her, it was like, yeah. oh, now, now, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah. It's like the dog chasing a car. It's like if yeah, if it's like if Wiley e. Coyote ever caught the Roadrunner, that there'd be no more series. Yep, that's what happens. Who did so that? What happened was to that? Gem and the Holograms? It must so. have been Family Guy. 
maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think Family Guy did a bit where they were kind of called the Roadrunner, and it's like it's like I'll have to look that one yeah, up. Yeah, just didn't um, know what to do with his life. Wow. You don't hear Jeff say that very often. No, you don't. No, man. Especially when it re- relates to family guys. Oh, no, Jesus. Okay. Write to us at comments at ugly because <laughs> we're done. Yeah, this is the last episode. That's, that this was is it. it. We're, we're it finished. Thank you, Jeffy Roth, for all the gifts. Yeah. That, okay. That's uh, right. great. Shut Jake, it down, peace people. Out. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm Master Torgo. <laughs> <laughs> Extending its creative partnership with Mattel, Netflix has ordered a second animated He-Man series that is totally separate project from the previously announced 2D anime Masters of the Universe revelation from Kevin Smith. Co-produced by Mattel Television, the CG animated He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is said to, quote, reimagine the Masters of the Universe classic tale with all new storylines and fresh takes on the iconic characters. Ooh, fresh takes. Uh, Adam Bonnet from uh, Descendants, uh, Christopher Keenan from Batman Beyond, Dave, what, what? Adam? I just Adam Bonnet from Descendants, <laughs> Keenan from. <laughs> I'm just, I'm slurring this shit. <laughs> You're, it's okay. I'm sorry. Adam Bonet from the Descendants. Oh, Bonet. Christopher Keenan from Batman Beyond, mm. Rob David, Masters of the Universe Revelations, are attached as executive producers. Mm. Rob David developed the show for television. Mm. Brian Q. Miller from Arrow, Smallville, Sleepy Hollow, serving as story editor, while House of Cool and CGCG, who did Troll Hunters, provide the animation. CG. Oh, okay, it's a company. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like a McG? <laughs> CGCG? Yes, yes it is. It, it's where the punks no longer go. Uh, Netflix is already <laughs> home to She-Ra and the Princess of Power, a show that centers on He-Man's sister Adora. A live-action He-Man film starring Nora Centino. Uh, no, not Nora. Noah Centino. whole different dude. Want <laughs> <laughs> to see that He-Man? <laughs> I have I'm the power! <laughs> Skeletor! Oh my god! <laughs> Who told you to wear that color cloak? My goodness. That purple does not match it's your It's just, you know, oh. come on. If you're going to fight, clash. Let me do the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucking bard. <laughs> That's his name, the fucking bard. <laughs> I want to see that stream. Uh Anyway, the CW has released an official description of the backdoor pilot for its upcoming and, <laughs> and currently untitled <laughs> Arrow spinoff. Backdoor. Titled Green Arrow and the Canaries. <laughs> the sneaky pilot will serve. Green Arrow sneaky. and the Canaries? Yep. Green is Ar- this like a musical superhero? The misfits in- are in it. This is- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Although the lead singer is curiously voiceless. <laughs> Green Arrow and the Canaries? Are you fucking kidding me? I should have paid attention from the start. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the uh, Black Canaries, Black Canary trains a bunch of other Canaries, and they're now they're all over in the Arrowverse in the future. So Thanks, you don't just Jeff. have one the, Black Canary. The, the, the you have the Canaries. <laughs> okay, in the budgie. all of the vigilantes. In the sparrow, <laughs> the budgie. Got to keep your eye on the sparrow, budgie. <laughs> and his Australian sidekick, budgie smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> I mate. 
I'm here. <laughs> just a guy in a speedo. Hey, mate. I'm here to fight crime. Let's get to it, eh? With my sidekick, the cockatoo. No, his sidekick is Smokey Koala. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Andy. That's a sick burn. <laughs> I, I yeah. would beat you too if I could reach you. <laughs> you can't control that burn. Oh. oh. Wow, we just lost Mandy. She uh, she's like gone. She's walked away from us. Andy. Rightfully so. You should be ashamed. You should, Andy. Mandy You're not, lo- but you should be. <laughs> Andy loves barbecue koala. Andy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Andy. Time plus tragedy <laughs> equals comedy. <laughs> not tragedy equals comedy. Wait, time and distance are the Time and distance aren't the same thing? No. Isn't there some formula that makes that work out? No. Comedy equals no time for tragedy. <laughs> God almighty. Wow. Okay. I'm feeling yeah. bad now because the, the import's sinking in. Oh. Wow, Andy. <laughs> this is the second time I'm going to have to end the show early. All right. <laughs> and now you just got too many titles. Uh, yeah, Green Arrow and the Canaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to a show near you. A show coming near to you. a show near <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, Todd's about giving up. About. About. <laughs> Let's do some red light, green light. <laughs> if it's a joke, Andy's going to say, red light. <laughs> Oh, Andy's all hurt. I'm like, what? <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, and you can't do it? You're the only one that can do yeah, stupid shit like right. that? Yeah, yeah, right. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no. I don't I don't have the uh, the uh, monopoly on stupid shit tonight. Trust me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> tonight? <laughs> all right, we got some new pictures on the desk. Uh, they're going to have to see if we're going to throw some money behind these or not. Here we go. Gentlemen, red light, green light. When did Frankie Bo become the... <laughs> yeah, uh, Frankie, Frankie Bo's is watching the door. Don't you worry about Frankie. <laughs> Stephen King's The Institute has Mr. Mercedes creator David E. Kelly and Game of Thrones under the dome director Jack Bender attached to help turn it into a series. Wait, Jack Bender, I'm out. <laughs> That's an old ugly couch show joke. Yes, it is. Is that the guy from Alcatraz? Yeah. Goddamn bastard. <laughs> Fuck him. This this has all been done by Spyglass Media Group, LLC, the company that purchased the rights to the Weinstein Company's film library. The first time the company has made a TV bid, The Institute. This is the description from the book. In the middle of the night, in a house on a I quiet... Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Needed, needed that. <laughs> in a house on a quiet street in suburban Minneapolis, intruders silently murder Luke Min- Ellison. Minneapolis? <laughs> yeah, Minneapolis. That's what I heard too. Minneapolis? Hey, listen. It's it's a Minneapolis. It's a little village in Missouri that Mindy has claimed for herself. It don't rain in Minneapolis. Oh my god. <laughs> That's how she gets away from Mork. Oh god. Wow, uh, it's, it, it, and Todd had such a great voice going. Uh, <laughs> Morkville, Morkville. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a like a. 
force of will. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King's The Institute. Okay. I had that magic card, force of will. It was a blue card. Well, <laughs> yes, you you tap two water and one red. I tap that. Knock three times on the window if you want me. In the middle of the night. You're fighting the urge. Look at your smile. <laughs> Look at your smile, Jeff. Well, it's playing in my head now, so, you know, <laughs> there's only so many ways you can fight that. Oh, sorry. I just got a look from Frankie Bo. We need to hurry this up. <laughs> Can't oh, fight yeah. the feeling? Yeah. yeah. In a house on a quiet street in suburban the Minneapolis. Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> you said it wrong again. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. There you go. <laughs> Intruders silently murder Luke Ellis's parents and load him into a black SUV. Green light. The operation takes less than two minutes. Luke will wake up at the Institute in a room that looks just like his own, except there's no window. And outside his door are other doors, behind which are other kids with special talents, telekinesis and telepathy. Kyle. Who, who got to this place. Mind bullets. <laughs> who got to this place the same way Luke did. Kalisha, Nick, George, Iris, 10-year-old Avery Dixon, they're all on front half. Others, Luke learns, graduated to back half. Like the Roach Motel, Kalisha says, you check in, but you don't check out. In this most sinister of institutions, the director, Mrs. Sigsby, and her staff are ruthlessly dedicated to extracting from these children the force of their extra-normal gifts. There are no scruples here. If you go along, you get tokens for the vending machines. If you don't, punishment is brutal. And each new victim disappears to the back half. Luke becomes more and more desperate to get out and get help. But no one's ever escaped from the Institute. The Institute is Stephen King's gut-wrenchingly dramatic story of good versus evil in a world where good guys don't always win. Gentlemen, red light, green light, the Institute. Green light. I'm going to green light that one. All the way to the front half. Oh, wow. Wow. He, he sold it in. Wow. Yeah. He brought that back. Yeah. yeah. Green light because Hollywood's actually kind of looks like they've figured out Stephen King. So keep doing it. Green light. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Full green for me, man. It's, Sounds great. It's Stephen King. It's the Institute. Even though Jack Bender's in it. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stephen King's the Institute. It's got to get a green light through and through. Cool. Walk out on us. Now what you? terrible monstrosity are you going to foist upon us? Maybe it's something nice. Maybe this time we walk out on him. Oh, oh, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. It's like, we're going to green light your project as long as he's not a part of it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Frankie Bowes, take him out. <laughs> All right. You said it enough. I probably should fill the no. newcomers in on this. No. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole back catalog of us talking about That's this. That's right. Is it there or is it one of the missing ones? It's there. Uh, it's there. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, red light, green light. A okay. new series based on V.E. Schwab's The Archived book series is in the works at the CW. <sighs> the series reportedly will be helmed by a pair of Jane the Virgin alumna. Huh? There's a show called Jane the Virgin. Oh, I thought it was Jane alumna and her nickname was The Virgin. <laughs> show creator Jenny Schneider Ehrman and writer Liz <laughs> Short circuited. <laughs> Dulo. Wow. 
Show me. Help him, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> what? All right, Let's let see. me see this. Let me see. What's this? Underline it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, give it, give it your best shot. I'm usually pretty good at pronouncing those, too, and I'm like, I got nothing. Oh. I, at first, I thought Scudslow, but then I was like, nope, that's definitely not. Yeah, probably like uh, Scudlow. Scudlow yeah. or Shudlow. Yeah. Shudlow. Probably Shudlow. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Right. Green light Shudlow. We'll go Jesus with Shudlow. Jesus Christ. Uh, We've made our executive decision. Yeah. Liz, Liz <laughs> Both of whom Shudlow. are attached as executive producers. There are two books and one short story in the archived series, and Schwab's stories follow Bex, the eldest child in a family of ghost hunters, as she wrestles with the death of her father, whom she expected to succeed as the chosen one. But her father's supernatural gifts instead pass to Bex's sister, a local TV weather announcer, and the two siblings must improvise their own way to work together and save the world. The archive and otherworldly library contains the bodies of everyone who has ever died. But when the archive is compromised from within, 16-year-old Mackenzie Bishop must use her skills as a keeper to identify the traitor and prevent violent histories from escaping into our world. Yeah, red light. The CW hasn't yet announced premiere for the archived. That was a uh, pretty... Just, no, it's just... I'm not feeling it. Red light. <clears throat> Why? Wow. I don't know. It's just... Didn't grab me. Sounds like something a little different. I'm going to green light it. I don't know. I heard the word violence. I'm, I'm going with green light. <laughs> heard, it, I heard TV sc- Weather Woman. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Is it Scadulo? Is that what did it? No, no. it's just, I don't know. Just, <laughs> no. <laughs> Red light from. Uh, Too much Scadulo for him. <laughs> Maple Leaf Studios. <laughs> I'm green. I'm green lighting it. Green light. Deep under the oceans in the city of Rialeth lies Scadulo, <laughs> dreaming. Relia. Relia. They Relia. call. They call the wind Relia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> they call the wind Relia. Oh God. Toss a coin to your sister. <laughs> Her valley is plenty. She's a friend of the seventh fleet. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. What the, <laughs> the valley that, is fertile. Yeah. That went a completely uh, <laughs> different direction than I thought it was going. Andy's been here too Andy has been here too long. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there you go. We have a little sister and she has no breasts. What shall we do for a sister on the day of her wedding? It's from the Bible, baby. Go for it. I refuse to go for it. Jeff, what would it you like to give a red letter, green letter this one? <laughs> okay. Help, I, I help, Jeff, help. It. I know. I wanted to hear it again. I wanted to get this oh, back on I track. Uh, Join me. Join me. Sure. Yeah, I'll green light it. It sounds interesting. Yeah, green light. Violent. I like I this. I like it. this library with bodies in it. The library. It's with very bodies. graveyard keeper. Yeah, I'll take it. Just, it's very coma. If there's a dead body, you're green lighting oh it. God, just throw dude, a dead body at this guy. Dude, you just let us go into the library in the end, and it's all these people hanging from the fucking wires, like mm-hmm. in coma. Yeah, you know, you got Tom Selleck up front, <laughs> right? Because yeah, you didn't know that. That's like a famous tidbit. Tom Selleck was a body in coma in the, oh, okay in that whole scene. So you know, and and all the people with the wires and shit and. What do you need to read? And you know, you like go up to the bodies and you read the bodies. 
That was the movie starring Jean-Vier Bougeot, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's it's like it 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 Jean-Vier Bougeot mm-hmm. and and you you would get those dramatic readings like starring Genevieve Bougeot. Yep. It's just whoops. Yep. <laughs> she was really great in uh, Anne of a Thousand Days. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Richard Burton as Henry, and she was Anne Boleyn. And uh, and apparently the couple weeks of shooting she did on Star Trek Voyager. Did she, did she even make a week? Wasn't it like a uh, couple days, and she's like, TV is hard, and ran like Something like that. I'm sorry, TV, it is so hard, and ran. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like, when you see the... Because they reshot all that stuff with Kate Mulgrew, and it's funny because, like, it's exactly the same. Like when you see her performance, and then you see Kate Mulgrew's performance. Like everything else is the same, mm-hmm. but they they play the character very differently. Yeah. Oh, Chicote, you are my rock. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mister Neil, I look at Chicote. All right, so it's a green light. Chicote, it's Chicote only. Cut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a green light for the archives. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right, red light, green light. Joe and Anthony Russo. Okay. Green light. From Avengers Endgame, directors, writers, are stepping back into the world of comic book properties with an upcoming docu-series on Queeby. St- stepping back? When, when, did they, when did they step out? Yeah. Okay. Just, just roll with it. All right, Queeby. <laughs> The show is called Slugfest. What is? Slugfest. Oh, I heard Slutfest. I, was, <laughs> Damn it. I got really excited Wishful for thinking was it there? I know. It's like, you know, Cherry Pop-Tart and all those other great porn you're, comics. You're just, you just really want to go to the porn convention later this month, don't you? I just want to fuck something. <laughs> Jeff? <Whoa>. Not, not, <laughs> not, not Jeff person. Uh, Stalls are in your court. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff's face. You said that with conviction, too. <laughs> you know what, Andy? <laughs> Maybe Kit should sleep in your room tonight. <laughs> no couch is safe tonight. <laughs> I'll be I'll be keeping this this group pillow <laughs> safely in my room. Well, I mean, it does have a handle on the back. Uh, <laughs> do you have a lock on your door? I do. Oh, okay. Do I? You should probably lock that tonight. Yeah. Duncan. <laughs> oh, he's useless right now. More so than usual. He's a wow. coughing mess. Yeah. Wow. Well, poor guy. How the hell did he get sick? Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> connect with people. <laughs> well, usually in a it's mommy, a computer a virus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! That's what we'll get. What we need to defrag him. Yep. <laughs> Show on Queeby. <laughs> It's called Slugfest, inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. 
Quote, the documentary series chronicles the growth of a new American art form, comic books, as it tracks the rise of two groundbreaking competitive companies who went on to become the comic publishing powerhouses. Marvel and DC, reads the official release, a race to the top fueled by competitive intuition and creative ingenuity. What resulted was an indomitably American industry rising from its scrappy, disregarded roots to establish culture-changing mythologies. Unquote. Quibi is the streaming platform by DreamWorks co-founder Jeffrey Katzenberg, scheduled to launch in April. Qu- when is that coming out? A the sh- <laughs> this show. I don't. I don't. Scheduled to launch in April. I heard Quibi comes out in April. When does this show come it's out? It's gonna start come with April. It's gonna come when it's in April. Hey, 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 Todd. T- tell like him who produced it. Did you tell him who produced it? Who created Quibi, Todd? <laughs> you know, uh, on a side note, <laughs> this why not? The show is fucking is full of side notes. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say uh, this, sir. Side note: uh, Marvel and DC. You know, they were quite competitive, especially a lot of the artists. But uh, one of the nice things I liked about listening to Stan Lee speak at like Comic Con and stuff was that he never had anything negative to say about any of the writers and artists at, at DC. About anybody at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, in fact, he, somebody asked a question DC-related in a panel that he was in, and he actually went in-depth about how much he knew this artist and their work and so forth, even though they had never worked at Marvel. And I was just really fascinated because the man just was an, it seemed like it was an endless fount, fount of information, so... Yeah, I uh, just thought that was kind of cool because yeah. some of the other artists are quite cutthroat until they switch sides. They're like, well, I work for this and fuck you know, Marvel. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm going to get paid more at Marvel? Fuck you, DC. <laughs> you know, the Kirby but, story. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Did I slag the king? No. Wow. I explained the king. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does anybody red light red lighting this? No, no. this is a Hell middle. No, this is the show we've. That's why I'm asking when it's coming out. Right, April. April. <laughs> see, see. I mean, it's like when Disney Plus launched. Mandalorian was right there. Same thing. Okay, this is the front of Queeby. I mean, there's a few docu series that I would red light, and this is just definitely. I mean, bite sized no. chunks. And of Joe a docu-series. and Anthony. Yeah, exactly. Fuck no. There's Let too, him there's, do it. There's too many reasons to green light oh, this, and yeah. not enough to. Even question red lighting. Yeah, now this will be great. I mean, you know, I don't know who's gonna fucking get Queeby, but, but right? It'll be great for those people. Oh, uh, we know who's going to. Don't he's forget, right there. Oh, that's eighties oh. <laughs> Jeff. There you go, here. party at eighties. Premier party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that each episode is gonna be ten to fifteen minutes long. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to binge, right? Yeah, that would be the only thing I'd come close to red lighting it on right there. Because it's, it's, it's a story that needs to be told long. Well, but I mean, just like Cherry Pop Dart. <laughs> if toys that yeah, made us and movies fest. that made us can do twenty to two, twenty-two to twenty-four minutes per episode, I think you can get. Depending on how many episodes you have in that Queeby series, I think you can get enough information in that. Bong to make it entertaining. Yeah, Bong, huh? exactly. Mm. He died. What? <clears throat> yeah. Wow! Red light on that. <laughs> yeah. Stop the show. Yeah. Bong. I mean, Jesus, Andy, koalas, now bong. Wow. 
Why are you in such a dark place? Oh, man. And I'm the one playing graveyard. I'm happy. I'm chilly. I'm chilling. <laughs> You're chilly, all right. Chilly. You're chilly. Look at Jeff's getting, like, he's putting clothes on. Well, he's sitting next to you, and he heard about what you want to fuck, Ken, so. <laughs> I, I, he's, of course, anything, he's layering up. Anything. <laughs> just move slower than me. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're all safe. I was going to say. <laughs> 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 yeah, Andy says that as he goes and trips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he I'm so much on. faster. Oh shit! Oh god! But then he, he Kirk, ro- Kirk rolls like halfway across the room, and you're like, "Damn it!" <laughs> and winds up on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, because uh, Kit's gonna be on my side. He'll sw- sweep his leg, and he'll go right down, and that'll be it. It's over. Sweep the leg, kid. Sweep, sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg. Mew, 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 mew. You got a problem with that? Mew. <laughs> All right, then. All right, one last one. Red light, green light. NBC has a new post-apocalyptic thriller series that seals away the world's brightest minds deep in the frozen north to ride out the end of civilization where they must band together to help rebuild it all. In Canada? I guess so. Code Black writer Jay, uh, Jesse Lasky will executive produce the new series called The Vault, which focuses on a geobiologist named Annie. In anticipation. Annie? Geobiologist. <laughs> are you Geobiologist? okay? Are you, are you having a stroke? Uh, do, we, do we need to call an ambulance? Lil Annie? <laughs> Jay Jesse. Jay Jesse. That sounds like somebody from Slutfest. <laughs> <laughs> or the newest rising pop star. In <laughs> anticipation of a world-changing disaster, Annie establishes a remote high-tech facility in the Arctic where a dozen experts in their respective fields with specific skill sets end up assembling to put their heads together on how to remake Earth's shattered society. The report describes the apocalyptic disaster behind the, all the chaos simply as a cataclysmic event, unquote. Mm. The Vault, red light, green light. I like sure, apocalyptic yeah. shit. That's you know that's cool. Well, and hey, it's in the Arctic. We can learn a little something home, about you know? Matt. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the know? Great White North, eh? That's right. As the Russians <laughs> encroach and get closer every year, it's just like mm-hmm. we'll be fine. She can see them from her house. Oh, okay. Green light. Green light. <laughs> green light. Yeah, it's green light. Yeah, I gotta say a green light. I, I'm always down for an apocalyptic story, but told from the idea of the people who are going to rebuild it. That's uh, that's, <laughs> geobiologist. that's it was Listen, she's a geobiologist because one was her major, one was her minor. Well, so. you, you know, although now it's more acceptable to say geopanologist, oh. but you know, mm. it's just. I, I'm, so, I'm trying to adjust yeah. my language to what the kids want. To there say. you go. Yeah. That's good. But Jay so, Jesse. So until you said oh, it was yeah. twelve people. <laughs> I, I thought it was, you know, the, the whole thing was smart people having sex. But apparently, that's not enough. Well, it's NBC. Up. I don't know how much I of that. I can't rebuild that on NBC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slutfest. <laughs> What's your Slutfest? Uh, right to us. Christ. <laughs> oh, boy, Jake. I want to see <laughs> that word, entry on word came up. Monkey Slayer. I'm not that word. All right. What? Fest? Yeah. Come on. Yes, it's a fun word. What's wrong with fest? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm fest formative. It's like you said moist. I like moist too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, hating on sluts is like hating on sunshine. Exactly. Who the hell's gonna hate on that? Exactly. Right, Jeff? Just parents. 
Yeah. All right. Well, you know. What should fuck Command- those guys. What should Commander K fuck? Write to us. Comments yeah. at UglyCowShow.com. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Just move slower, <laughs> K. Fact check Dandy. Just keep it moving. <laughs> may believe Matt. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week at Geek. Now, this went weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? At what point? Yeah. <laughs> really? Really? What? It's hard to tell. We need to make a chart. <laughs> we do? <laughs> Someone's already made it up there. Do we? Someone. Jake, Jeff. <laughs> Show us the chart. And again, Jeff, thank you for all these wonderful yes, toys. Thank I'm you. sorry we screwed it up with bad Australia talk. <laughs> yes. Oh, and Mandy, I'm so sorry. I hang in there. Oh, man. I hope she's doing well. I haven't seen her post on the, the lair much. <laughs> what are you insinuating? Wait, a what? No, I'm just she's saying. Doing well, she's doing well. You haven't probably, seen her post? She's probably out there saving koalas. That's I'm the kind of the lady just she saying is. it's this unusual. Dude, those so hope- stories are just mind blowing. Yeah. There's a fucking. Uh, uh, there's. I just read something about some kids actually went out there and they're like grabbing the worst of the injured koalas and like putting them in their cart. There's like this 18 year old and 19 year old kid, and they're literally driving around and just grabbing up <clears throat> the most uh, severely injured koalas and bringing them in for care. Wow. And then those pictures of the fucking kangaroos walking up to people and hugging them, like, oh god. Just help me, you know? Jesus Christ. It's huge. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Mandy actually posted a uh, picture of Australia superimposed over the U.S. And you see, I mean, the, the, the wildfires are like, you just take a swath from like fucking Maryland down to Louisiana. And that's like a sample of what's going on just along the East Coast of uh of uh oz mm-hmm. it's just fucking insane okay but climate change doesn't exist okay yeah really it's just insane. Yeah, me- and meatloaf says so well a lot of that and it's what's yeah. really sad is apparently a lot of a lot of those fires were arson uh people starting those fires is, meatloaf set fires uh mm. trying to be serious here andy oh, 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 only, you know? if, only if you this is right. this is one of those things where you just you just nod your yeah. head. Oh, right. now there's rules? Yeah. yeah. Now there's goddamn yeah. rules? There's there's subtle, there's what the hell did that happen? You have to recognize. You know. Seriously. <laughs> I know it's hard for you. Says says Mr. Shut um, up, you. Yeah. <laughs> There's two guys that were cracking jokes over the obituaries. Yeah, well, we're trying to have a serious moment oh. here. And once oh, again, you... you <laughs> And he's like, I, oh, you, I'm sorry. Again, I was again, a problem. <laughs> once again, you snuff it out like we're a summer yeah, bushland. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't in, you in Australia snuffing it out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's our solution. We'll send Andy to Australia. He there gets, you he go. can snuff out anything. Right. Totally Austria? Did you pillow. say Austria? Australia. Austria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am in Australia, Austria. spilling drinks everywhere, trying to put oh, out the fire that's not the there. traps, <laughs> trying to get away from the Nazis, and there's Andy. Boing, boing. You know, it's ironic. We probably would send him to Australia, and he would wind up in Austria. Yeah, really? And they're just like, I Hi, am Andy. 16 going on. So, oh, my God, Nazis. I'm here for the waltz. <laughs>